Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her. And so, in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore, because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My name is Kay Williams, and I'm a seminarian completing my second year in my efforts to become a deacon. <laughs> I've enjoyed this, my year-long internship here at St. Stephen's. Thank you for your support. When John assigned me this scripture to preach on, I first thought, you've got to be kidding. Then I sat down with the readings and looked for a thread that tied them together. I was surprised to discover the very foundation of our Christian faith is revealed in today's readings. As Christians, we believe because of Christ, there is a resurrection, a new life with God. In Job, we read of a man in emotional and in physical pain who yelled at God and told God how unfair life was. But even in the midst of his questions and feelings, why me, I don't deserve this, Job stands firm in his belief in God. Job cannot turn away from what he truly believes deep down in his heart and soul. His Redeemer lives. In 2 Thessalonians, rumors and a new teachings had hit a young Thessalonian church, causing a lot of confusion and fear. 
Paul takes a strong stance, not to hash out the rumors about the end times, but give encouragement to stand firm in the Christian teachings he has personally taught the young church. He tells them not to panic after hearing the news that the end times had already come and they had been left behind. That church was in spiritual crisis and in need of answers. If they had missed Jesus' return, what were they supposed to believe in? For us who have been waiting over 2,000 years for Jesus to return, it is hard for us to grasp the fear that seized the newly formed church. However, their fears reminded me of the 2K fears that struck the churches and nations. Remember in 1999, we were told cash registers, medical equipment, cars, trains, anything with a computer brain would crash when their internal clocks rolled over to 2000, unless a special patch was applied to the equipment. People began storing water, food, even medical supplies and money. NPR announced they were giving all their employers, employees $500 to prepare for life after January 1st. It was a scary time and lots of rumors and uncertainty. Everyone was caught up in the what-ifs. Companies and families based their preparation on worst-case scenarios. People were also proclaiming Jesus was coming back. The world would never be like it has been. Many churches were open New Year's Eve. Many Christians gathered and prayed and waited for the world to come to an end. Then January 1st came. We looked around. Coffee makers came on. TVs were still on. Cars started. Stores opened. Banks opened. Our credit cards even worked. America and the world went back to life as usual, working and paying bills, just like Paul had convinced the Thessalonian church to do. Then we have today's gospel reading. Jesus is asked by the Sadducees, the religious group, a politically connected group that held the religious authority in the temple, a third question meant to trap him. Jewish leaders called Pharisees have already questioned Jesus. By what authority do you do your work? And is it lawful for everyone to pay taxes to Caesar? The Sadducees taught and believed only the books of Moses, the first five books of our Bible. The only prophet they followed was Moses. They did not believe in angels or resurrection. Their question meant to trap Jesus was a question of a hypothetical event based on the law in Deuteronomy that provided protection on three levels. The law stated, if a woman's husband died before her, his brother or male kin was required to marry his wife. The law was written to protect family property from being passed into the hands of non-family members. It also ensured the husband's name would be carried on and to provide security for the willow, widow. The question was asked, whose wife would a woman be in the resurrection after she'd been married to seven brothers? 
Jesus did not get tangled up with the legalistic reasons for the required marriage arrangement. Instead, he addresses the false assumptions using the cornerstone of their faith, Moses. He quotes Exodus. God says to Moses while he is watching the burning bush not be consumed, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jesus then states in no uncertain terms, there is a resurrection for the children of God. The laws we live by now do not apply in the world to come. In Matthew's version of the story, Jesus states you are wrong in your thinking because you do not know the scripture or the power of God. Mark's story ends with Jesus stating he is the God not of the dead but of the living. You are quite wrong. Jesus takes the time to correct their assumptions that the world to come is based on the Jewish religious rules and traditions that they have set up. In the life to come, no one has to be passed down as family property to be protected or required to carry on the family heritage because as Jesus says, after the resurrection, they can die no more. There is no need for marriage. All become like angels. Our physical death is a transition in God's plan for our life. There is no end to our walk with God. As I come to the close of the sermon, I would like to tell a story that helps to tie the readings together and helps us get a clearer picture of what Jesus was trying to explain to the Sadducees. A little girl and her mother go shopping, and the little girl falls in love with this play pearl necklace. The problem is she doesn't have enough money to buy it. So she negotiates with her mother, and her mother ends up purchasing the necklace. The little girl gives her mother the money that she has and promises to do chores every day until she's paid her mother back. So she, they walk out the store, she has the necklace on. That evening, her father goes to tuck her in, and he says, Honey, can I have your pearl necklace? And she replies, No, Daddy, I love my pearl necklace. So every day, the little girl gets up, and she does chores for her mother, paying off her necklace. And every evening, her father goes in to tuck her in and ask her, Honey, can I have your pearl necklace? She says, No, Daddy, I love my pearl necklace. Then the day comes when she's paid off the necklace. It is truly hers. It doesn't matter that it makes her neck green. It doesn't matter that the little pearls are dirty and smudged. It's hers. She owns it. And that evening, her father walks in and says, Honey, now, can I have your necklace? She says, no, Daddy, it's really mine. I love my necklace. Her daddy says, okay. And every night when her daddy goes in to tuck her in, he asks for the necklace. And every night she says, no, Daddy, I love my necklace. And then one night when the father walks in, he sees his little girl sitting on the side of the bed holding the necklace crying. And he asks her, What's wrong, honey? And she says, Daddy, I'm sorry. 
And with tears streaming down her eyes, she looks up at her daddy and she hands him her necklace and says, I love you, daddy, and gives the necklace to him. He takes the necklace and he puts it in his pocket. And out of the other pocket, he pulls a slender box of the real pearl necklace. Just like the little girl's daddy knew what was of value to hold on to, Job knew to hold on to his Redeemer. Paul taught the young Christians, believe in the Christian faith and in Christ's resurrection. And Jesus stated, God is alive. We serve a living God. We also have the knowledge of Christ's resurrection and the assurance we will be resurrected. My question to you is, what are you holding on to? The rumors, false teaching, and present chaos being sold to us in today's world? Or God and his ability to handle our lives for all eternity? because of Christ's resurrection. Amen.